Welcome to the Bar Variations Podcast. Go behind the bar with me, your host, Michelle Duvall. As I interview leaders in the industry, we'll talk about how bar impacts their lives, what's inspiring them today, and take the conversations that usually stay in the studio out into the community. Grab a seat because there's plenty of room at the bar. This podcast is sponsored by Point Studio. They are the best gripping socks for bar, yoga, dance, and basically all studio workouts. These socks are the next best thing to being barefoot. And listeners of the Bar Variations podcast get 15% off their order with the code BARVARIATIONS. That's code BARVARIATIONS, all one word, to receive 15% off your next purchase at pointstudio.com. If you're a certified hashtag bar addict like I am, then you can definitely appreciate a bar-inspired graphic tank top or sweatshirt. Good news. For those of us who can't get enough, Bar Goods Co. will add an extra bit of fun to your workout with apparel designed for and inspired by the bar. And if you need that extra little bit of motivation to get yourself to class, then you'll be happy to know that they use only the softest fabrics available to help you express your love of bar to the world. Check out their go-to line of screen-printed goodies included workout tops, sweatshirts, and even infant onesies for bar addicts in training. And guess what? Listeners of the Bar Variations podcast can use the code VARIATIONS25 to take 25% off their first order. That's code VARIATIONS25 in all lowercase letters. Visit bargoods.com now to start shopping. Welcome to episode 22 of the Bar Variations podcast. I'm Michelle, I'm your host, and I am so excited for you to listen to today's episode. Um, I will be interviewing Corinne Wehner of Shakti Bar, whom I met about two years ago to the month. Um, so that's very exciting. We do talk a lot about pandemic shifts in business, we talk about fitness industry in general. So it's going to be a good conversation for everyone to listen to because I'm sure you can relate to some of the things that we both have gone through. Also, a big exciting news, if you're not on the newsletter, I have a new event coming up. It's called BU Accelerator. I've partnered up with Shannon Werner. Uh, you may have known her from episode two, I believe, of the podcast. I think that's right, episode two. And we've done past events together. She owned a business called Relevate, and now you can find her at Shannon Werner Energy. But BU Accelerator is an empowering, immersive, inclusive movement and learning experience for bar Pilates and yoga professionals. This is for people looking for a more inclusive, supportive community, strategies to uplevel your business in the digital age, and movement experiences curated to take your practice to the next level. I'm going to link this in the show notes. Opt in, find out more. We're going to be releasing tickets in November, but I want to take you through exactly what this event is about. So stay tuned, opt in. And if you are a business owner or an independent contractor, freelancer in the bar Pilates and yoga world, this virtual event, not on Zoom, by the way, is going to be the place to be to really make connections and move the needle in your work. So Go check it out and stay tuned for my interview with Corinne. Are you a bar addict, a social butterfly, or just getting started in bar fitness? Do you want to feel good and look good during your sweat session? If the answer is yes, you must visit fitforbar.com and shop their exclusive activewear and athleisure styles designed for your bar workout and beyond. From hats to bar socks and everything in between, each piece from this female-owned boutique has been bar-tested and approved from the best in the business. And with free domestic shipping, easy returns, and a buy-now-pay-later option, fitforbar.com provides an online shopping experience fit for a bar queen. So go ahead and treat yourself to some new apparel from fitforbar.com. Hi, listeners. I'm here today with Corinne Wehner. She is the co-founder of Shakti Bar and consultant for AFPA and Super Mega Boss. I'm on a mission to actively, measurably, and purposely empower women's wellness, education through literature, movement, and the mind, says Corinne. From Harvard EDM, graduate and former four-sport athlete, 
to currently a PhD student in cognitive, social, and developmental psychology at the new school. school. <laughs> it is. I know you're getting me with all these things. <laughs> and, I, and she explores the necessary intersection of self-compassionate exercise and female fitness branding. Say all of that 10 times fast and you too will be a super duper boss. <laughs> so yay. Well, thank you for joining me, Corinne. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you as always, Michelle. And, um, you know, as your bio explains is that you are super duper human as well as a super duper boss, creator, facilitator, coach, and all of the things. Um, but I ask all of my people on here kind of to bring us back way back to the beginning. You know, Mm. you were a athlete in college, but can you kind of give us the brief lowdown of your movement start? maybe as a kid, maybe as a teenager, and kind of how that uh, brought you through your young years. Yeah, um, thanks for that question, by the way. It's always great to take a trip down memory lane. Um, (laughs) So I would say I got started in athletics from when I was about five. I mean, I was riding horses and then eventually jumping horses and competing intercollegiately. I also played soccer ice hockey, lacrosse, basketball, track, all that stuff. And then, um, you know, centralized on the four sports uh, mentioned in the bio. And two things happened for me. One was I was really able to tap into a very rigorous um, practice and protocol around athletics, you know, time, uh, speed, agility, um, variants, just so many different, very high tech aspects of being a athlete at that level. And I love that. I, I'm not really competitive in nature in the sense that I would never drag someone else down, something. but I do think that the experience of being on so many sports teams with such a level of technique propelled me into desiring a modality in my adult life that was also really tough and challenging and interesting over time. So that eventually led me to bar because trust me, I tried every type of workout and I could just never encapsulate that experience of rigor that I had had as an athlete. The second thing... Yeah, sorry. Oh, so I'll just kind of interject there. But I think sure. what you said was uh, kind of like a ding, ding, ding moment is, is interesting, right? When you are being challenged um, physically at, at a young age, and then that kind of stops, it's, that's a hard moment, whether you're a young kid going into high school or saying high school to college or then college into the quote unquote real world, whatever that means, um, keeping things interesting is important and also being able to challenge your body in whatever stage you're at, whether it is, you know, high intensity or, you know, challenging just to like get it in because then your Mm -hmm. life changes so much. So I think interesting is a good word to kind of put around, put around it. Um, But yeah. 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 I mean, I little did I know then, I mean, I, I was certified as a personal trainer, group fitness instructor and all of that by the time that I found bar, but I only later really learned about the nature of isometric moves and how it really recruits a hundred percent of your, um, muscles, you know, your, your tension in your body. And so I basically, matched the feeling of what I was going for before I even had a framework for what was going on physiologically. Hi, baby. <laughs> you can hear him, can't you? Yes. He's, he's, he's part of like Horrible. most of the podcast this year. So um, good. Good. He's my, I will say my audio assistant, even though he interrupts the audio. <laughs> <laughs> well, not exactly through a baby, but in a, in a similar vein of a compassionate experience. Um, the second piece, just to answer your question yeah. about my movement history is once I found bar, I also really had this psychological epiphany of realizing the double edged sword of being in competitive athletics and how I was really using it to overachieve and to self punish without even knowing. And so Shakti bar came about from that story with a desire to continue 
this amazing rigorous practice of bar and this very catchy industry mm-hmm. but to do it in a way that was much different much more self-loving and mm-hmm. you know Shawnee and I when we started Shakti Bar in 2016 we've spent the last four years looking at how do you quantify compassionate bar what does that actually look like mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. been very self-healing as well because I needed it too. <laughs> oh, yes. I mean, there's so much to unpack there. And like, you know, coming from a dancer performer background, a different kind of competition, right. mostly like with self and that underlining with others because you're trying sure. to get a role or get a part or get a place in the company. Um, and as much as I love that drive of feeling competitive or, you know, trying to better whatever I'm doing or perfect or precision. I really enjoy. Um, but yeah, the double-edged sort of that can be really intense and take many, many years to heal from of like, yeah. and I definitely am somebody that has had to heal from like the student mindset of like, I need to be perfect in my knowledge and understanding all of the terminology behind the body and anatomy. And well, if I know exactly the word for, you know, extending the spine in this certain way, I will then be viewed as this smart, intelligent trainer or teacher Mm -hmm. where you kind of flip that and you look at your clients and they're like, do they even care what just came out of my mouth? (laughs) (laughs) No, not really. (laughs) It's one of the most exciting things about designing a unique brand as you have done as well is as women we really take our power back by just defining the truth of the moment and just by being more and more who we are and so if in the navigation of designing bar variations you found that you know yes of course you have a lot of amazing technique and professional terms and all that but if you were able to find a place like I've seen on things that you've posted and things that you've designed where you can say, okay, here's the technique I do know, here's what I'm bringing to you. And also here's another aspect to learn. Then you basically get to change the distribution from a hundred percent of your branding being perfect moves and alignment Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. like, you know, 85%. And then the other percentage is your other mission, which, you know, for Shockey Bar is what I've been talking about that compassionate Mm -hmm. journey and how it actually looks measurably, which is why I'm in school, in fact, because I get what you're saying. It's like, you can't spend hours a day just talking about the perfection of the move. You know, client retention is, they come in for that. That's a fact, but they don't stay for that. They stay for whatever the higher purpose is. Um, Let's quote that and spread that about (laughs) um absolutely they they, you know they want you to know what you know but they don't necessarily stay for that and i and i would say maybe even like 100 percent don't stay for that 99 percent, you know um well in that brand you know yes 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 let me back up a little bit so you you know you left school you were working when was it that you decided to go into fitness as a career or was that kind of right away for you? Yeah, I was always in fitness in some way. Um, Mm -hmm. Even when I was in college, I was teaching spin classes every morning at 6 a.m. on top of playing sports, which I now just like you have to crack up about that. Um, And then I got certified in personal training. So I was a high school English teacher in Miami. And also, oh, he wants to join. I know. He's going to join for one. All good. Yeah. Long story short is I was a ninth grade English teacher and also in the afternoons because you get out at like two or three. I was a personal trainer and spin teacher at Gold's Gym in South Beach, which is so funny to me because it's like the (laughs) epitome of boob job. (laughs) Um, Anywho, no no shade if you you know if that's your choice, but I just was like completely immersed in a culture that was both a blessing and a curse to my personal trajectory. Um, So somewhere along the way, I decided that teaching is awesome. I had some really great introductory research in my master's degree, but it doesn't really pay the bills to the level that I envisioned for myself as 
a boss lady. So I shifted into educational technology and that really started getting the world, the, the world, sure, the world's <laughs> turning <laughs> because I was just consulting for so many startups and I was able to see how they got off the ground, what failed, what part of their culture I would never get with. <laughs> um, and I ended up moving for a little bit on that trajectory of educational technology to a couple of other countries. And while I was so far away from home, I realized what we always realize when we travel, which is no matter where you are, you're here. Mm-hmm. No matter where I was, the desire to continue a path of rigorous fitness while also examining the interplay of compassion was just like getting louder and louder and have a laugh at this. I was like, I think two or three times just fired from positions because I'm an Aquarius. I'm not very good at following the rules. And (laughs) I started becoming more excited about the concept of Shakti Bar, which at the time was called Shakti Brooklyn. And also pseudonym, it was called Be Fit Chick. Um, I started getting so excited and learning how things work that in my day job at the time I was actually very successful but it wasn't how they wanted me to get to that Mm. end and they just didn't like that and I like I said I'm a little bit stubborn so I kept saying you know I'm getting you results what's the big deal (laughs) so I I learned that I was very driven by um, reinventing systems and it was really hard for me to be in an environment in an environment of so much sameness. Mm. And yeah, so those two things really hit ahead when I was far away from home in self-contemplation. And I just said, first of all, I was in Australia. So I said, if I don't come back now, I'm never coming back. (laughs) It's so amazing (laughs) there. But secondly, I, uh, yeah, I just knew it was time to start. I got back home and within about three months or so, Shawnee and I had raised about $22,000 and open Shakti board. That's it. Just that's it. That's the power of your dreams. That's the power of taking all the knowledge that you have on the inside and just use it. Just stop doubting yourself and use it. Yeah. Yes. And (laughs) everybody has a different story, right? And your story, like when, you know, I like going down memory lane with everybody because people can listen and be like, oh yeah, well, yeah, duh. Yeah, of course she did that next. Of course that happened. Oh, that (laughs) led to this and that happened because this happened and just making those connections and for people to hear and see uh, a little bit of like what kind of goes into that. There's no magic wand. There's no Mm -hmm. uh, formula and, you know, you and Shani co-creating Shakti Bar, you know, it started as what was it? Be you fit check. I be, be, be fit check. And then it was also check. Shakti Brooklyn. And but then just, it just, yeah, yeah. The <laughs> evolution of just the same thing, the same mission under, you know, it grows and, um, Absolutely. you know, your, both of you, your way of starting a business is very unique. And I would love for you to kind of talk about that a little bit. Um, you know, <laughs> a lot of times the fear of just getting started is number one, right. Of just doing it. And then Mm -hmm. number two, it's like, well, I don't have the resources. You know, Mm -hmm. people don't think that they don't have enough blank Mm -hmm. to get started. So if they get past the fear, then it's the, well, do I have enough? And that's another fear. Let's talk about that. Right. And, um, you know, can, I would just love for you to share kind of the two of you, um, how you set up the, the business and what you guys did because it's inspiring to others to just show like you literally can have a mission and a vision and make it happen. Yeah. Um, how we got started. Well, I guess I'll tackle it fear by fear to go with your theme. Originally we were afraid that we wouldn't have enough money and we also really didn't want to sell out at that point to investors. We didn't want to rush the process. We didn't want to be just another boutique fitness company that couldn't even choose their own music and things like that because that uh, variance is really integral to our mission of inclusivity and our mission of compassion, et cetera. So we 
I mean, I don't know how else to put it. I just went on to iMovie one day and made a video and an argument, having been an uh, English teacher and a writer, and that's it. Like, we just put that argument there. And I would say that on the, quali the qualitative aspect of that um, step is you have to believe. You have to just, like, so intensely believe in what you're doing that people almost think you're crazy. You know, your mom's like that's gonna work and so and so is like okay okay little one you know whatever but you just know so I do think that there's an an a healthy helping of really really believing in yourself and just almost being a little bit cray cray, -cray with that <laughs> well as you go I have to go into tunnel vision with your mission yeah. if somebody told me like two years ago like this is what you're going to be. You're not going to be teaching full-time in person anymore. You are only going to be teaching in line and be like, no, I really want to teach in person. Yeah. Right. And then yeah. I put it, I put out there my mission to be an online company and well, you know, things happen like your jobs maybe don't work out because it's putting you in a place to really go big or go home mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. believe in yourself and to take those you have to be, you have to believe in what you're doing so much. Like even right now in this moment in this podcast, you believe so much in what you've done with Bar Variations and how you've created a community of like-minded individuals, including Shakti Bar as part of mm -hmm. your community and your friend base, you know, and it's like, we're going to do this thing, even if we have to adapt. Um, yeah. Or creating it if you don't see it. I think that's a big thing. Uh, you know, my motivator was, I'm not seeing that inclusivity. I'm not seeing the let's help each other. Let's create the space we want right. to create. Right. Um, you know, and that was something that was put into me as a dancer. I was like, well, I'm not seeing the movement I want to be a part of. And okay, well, I might have to create that movement myself. Right, exactly. You know, and just to finish up a couple of those. Yeah. Steps, um, after raising the money, I would say that the other fear was just that our idea had wasn't good enough or something like that, you know, it just, and what I learned is that so many people have ideas. I, in fact, bet you anything that somebody had an idea, it maybe wasn't called Shakti Bar, but it was probably very similar and just didn't uh either have the resources because obviously there is a dis disproportionate distribution of education in our country or they had them but i don't know they were struggling to motivate or they just let that fear get in the way perhaps mm -hmm. and they just didn't do the idea so the next fear was really just saying do we have something that's compelling enough and have we taught ourselves enough to execute it in a way that it will be successful. So many startups fail. And so many people come to us now for coaching and things just like they do for you. And they're usually very brazen with awesome ideas, but they're not always founded in reality in the steps that it does take to launch a business. And so looking back on myself at that time, I feel really blessed that at that fear point, I had Shawnee as a co-founder because she went to school for business. She does all our finances. She handles our legal stuff. And she was really able to help us design a business plan that has, yes, evolved over time, but to put what seemed like just a really lofty or wonderful idea on paper and, and test it, you know, every month we have a team meeting where we test what's working and what's not working. Mm -hmm. And we have to be able to pivot really quickly. Mm -hmm. So that was the second fear was just really getting past the thought that what we had as a product maybe wasn't enough or that we didn't have the right resources to make it fly. Um, and I would just say to both of those moments of fear, right? The moment of, is there enough money and is there enough of a product and a plan here to fly? In both of those cases, I really would say to take a look at your own nervousness and anxiety around really anything in life. Like I'm giving myself that advice mm -hmm. too, because yeah. Shawnee was always the voice that said, listen, we can speculate until the cows come home but let's just look at the facts. 
Let's look at the class types that people are coming to. Let's look at the nature of reviews because that may be telling us something about what our real mission is while we may have had something else planned and on and on and on. So I think really founding those fears in factual evidence, even down to taking a survey, mm. you know, is really smart, not only for your business, but also for your emotional <laughs> stability so mm -hmm. that you don't waste time just hypothesizing about what could go right and what could go wrong. It's product testing. For sure. You don't know until you know. Yeah, yeah. You don't know until you know, and you can say, you can poll, but until it's actually, yes, poll and then do it. And then you're going to get a different answer probably than what you polled people for. But yeah, I want to do that. Are they showing yeah. up? Did they, you know, did it, right. did it work? You know, did they like it? Is that really what they wanted? And even with starting a business, like you don't know until you don't know. And sometimes what you were saying about like, you know, all the ideas and then once, yeah, reality hits, is it really what you want to do? You know, a mm -hmm. lot of studio owners find out that ah, I love teaching, but I don't love being an administrator. I don't like being a manager. I don't like having to clean. I don't like having to do all of the other things that go into owning a brick and mortar business mm -hmm. than uh, just teaching. And I don't like saying just yeah. teaching, but it's a whole different ball game. So sometimes like, you might even find like, it's just not for you or it is, or you want to carve out a different way to do it. Or maybe it's a little bit yeah. of the same and that's okay too. Like no matter what your voice is going to be different and whatever you bring to the table is going to make it different automatically. Yeah. And that's where the non-competitive environment, I think both you and I, Michelle have really piggybacked upon from our, careers in athletics until this point that's where it comes back into play because different from you I'm I'm cool with the cleaning I'm, I'm cool with the administrative stuff I actually kind of I'm doing the website right now and I'm in like a tunnel of design however given my more overachieving and unhealthy relationship to athletics how that was mostly back in the day but definitely still creeps and rears up its ugly head. I sometimes take a break from teaching if I notice I'm doing it for the wrong reasons, you know, or if like I just don't feel comfortable, I feel triggered or something by teaching, which may sound silly because I know you know my my specific class to be feeling, thinking, very wild. How would there possibly be room for insecurity in the type of class that I teach? But with that wildness and thinking and feeling comes vulnerability. It's like as Shakti Bar teachers, we're not just going in and talking at our students. We're not just going in and presenting a plan that we um, like only a plan and like that's it. We are very active listeners and we will adapt our plan over the course of the class, which requires a level of presence in the teacher where they have to be vulnerable. It's like we're just an open book the whole time. So I'll take breaks from teaching. And all I was really getting at with that was that I can empathize your trajectory as a bar leader has definitely changed over time. Mine has as well. And the only way I've been able to do that real talk is to have an incredible team. There's no way to do it on your own, really, at the end of the day. You've got to have that person that can jump in and teach if you can't that day or can help with the website if you can't that day. Um, and I always suggest if anyone here is listening and they're thinking of uh, enhancing your service as a bar teacher or even starting up your own bar company overall, hire people that are as good, if not way better than you and what you can do because you will have a personal trajectory of your career throughout this experience that won't always match what you offer as a service. Like Michelle's not always teaching her online videos anymore because that doesn't match her trajectory. I'm not always in the classroom because that doesn't match my trajectory. I'm building the app. I'm creating brand partnerships like Shawnee and I were Reebok ambassadors a couple years ago. And now we're like, how awesome would it be if our whole team was hired for some sort of campaign. So I can't do that if I'm always teaching and I also can't always teach due to personal wellness um, 
watching my personal wellness? The personality that comes with doing what we do as teachers, like we can do it all. We can figure it out. We could figure out anything if we're put to it. But that goes back to like, should I? Should I be teaching today? Right? Like, should I really be like, for me, I was teaching in a facility that was teaching like a ton of people years ago. And I'm like, yeah, this feels really great. And it feels like a freaking stadium concert every time I (laughs) go in. This is awesome. I love it. And I'm like, when I was starting to develop bar variations, you know, I was in California at the time and I was like, you know what? I need to get real small. I need Mm. like people that will be down to be my guinea pigs in a sense. Like, Mm. will you play with me? Like, will you experiment at these moves? And that's where it started before I started writing the manual. And it was a, you know, it was different because when I teach the stadium style, you can only do so much, right? You can only do so many things with your choreography because you I want everyone to be safe and following you and, yeah. you know, approachable. But then when you get a little small, like, and I like that. And I found that I really like teaching small, smaller groups when I'm in mm-hmm. person. It's a little bit more personal. You know, there's a little chit chat that happens. And, um, but yeah, and then going to, to the team, like, I love, I love, I don't know if you love it, but I love when I get emails and people are like, you and your team, would your team be interested in, I'm like, my team, like, but like you and Shawnee, it started with two. And with me, it started with one, but Mm -hmm. I do, we all have people, whether it's like a spouse or a friend or a co-founder or whatever, that's part of our network. And then being able to reach out and yeah, hire people that are maybe even better than you at something. Like I hired somebody to do the website. Cause I'm like, listen, I spent like two years on this thing and I need someone just to do yeah. it in a day for me, you know, like just do it up, you know, yeah. and it's nice having somebody to call on with like productivity and launches and like, there's so much out there. And I and being able to have these conversations and letting people know that like, we're not really doing it all on our own. There's a team behind us of you know, the friend that you call when you need to be like, Mm-mm. the teacher you call on of like, I need you to teach my class today. Like having that support system. And that's definitely where you and I are big on with the mentorship. You know, it's not just here's your training, see you later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know how, because a lot of times too, and I'm just rambling now, but a lot of people, they teach, they maybe teach in a school, maybe they have another job or do something else or another passion. And I think it's okay to like talk about that. There's so many facets to who we are as people mm-hmm. and being able to mentor teachers and how even teaching a bar class fits into the bigger picture of their life, right? Yeah. How is that informing the other parts of their lives and how is their life informing that part? And I've seen with my own coaching clients of like what that creates, you know, what kind of events that creates, what kind of classes, what kind of offerings Mm -hmm. that wouldn't have normally been thought of because, oh, well, here, here's the formula, here's the trajectory, and this is what you should do. And here's your competition. You should do what they do. Yeah. I mean, I was just looking at a couple of websites a couple of days ago because, you know, inspiration. (laughs) And there's this one huge global bar conglomerate that has done very well and kudos to them for what they do and also on their site they were really amping up the fact that everyone was trained in their method and it's the best method and everyone coming in you'll get the same thing every single time and I get that you know human psychology actually uh, shows up in us not wanting change so there there's something to what they covered with giving somebody the same thing over and over and over however evolve and to that one method and every teacher trained under that one method is the reason why a student should come to the company and is a reason why a student should see themselves as their own worst competitor and try to get better and better in themselves with these ridiculous ideals I just basically said, oh, I I see the competitive advantage there. I'm going to highlight the fact, like you did with bar variations, 
that our team, yes, is trained in all of our signature sequences. Yes, there's a certain special something to a Shakti Bar teacher, as well as a certain different special something to a Bar Variations teacher. However, I'm going to emphasize the fact that they come from many different backgrounds, that some mm -hmm. of them are teachers, some of them are artists, and I'm going to build moments into our sequences where there is some freedom so that things that I could have never imagined as the chief brand officer and co-founder here will come up naturally. And I just couldn't imagine a world, especially now when there, when has come to light so many very dysfunctional issues on inclusivity, I cannot imagine a world where exclusionary practices will sustain whether that's in like the product or the company or the team or even what your website says it's just like if you're gonna say you're the best then i'm not gonna listen to you anymore because i wouldn't i wouldn't want someone to listen to me if i was saying that in this day and age so i think to your point it's really important to roll with a crowd of people that is um down and uh, smart and savvy enough to be trained in whatever methodology that you're talking about, you know, whatever methodology has got you. But there should definitely be more of an emphasis on that mentorship aspect, especially internal mentorship with who's mm -hmm. on our teams, because, you know, that's just I don't know. That's just the way I think it should go. And I, think I am. And I'm with you. you do I, too. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that. And I, you know, training is the easy part. You can take any training. Right. You can do you, Everybody can be trained in the same thing. Why not? It can happen if that's the easy part, but yeah, keeping the creativity and the passion and the sustainability and the inclusive inclusivity alive within your company. That's the hard part. Yeah. How and are you going to perform under pressure? the question of the day right yeah and like I you know in when creating bar variations I was like okay like I could go down the master trainer route I did it before I know how to do that business model do I want to create someone that's like me that I have to then monitor if they're right, right, right. doing what I'm doing so I always say this is a BU company not a be me company and right what you're saying, like building in those moments, even if you say you have your same sequence, you can build in moments of personality and freedom and, mm -hmm. um, messaging. And I am with you. And I think that's the way it should go. I think that's the way it's trending. Um, because there's gotta be more, there's gotta be more to, and as you know, and I want you to kind of fill everybody in on your PhD pursuit as well. Um, there, there's got to be more of the human aspect when it comes to all of these movement and fitness classes. Yes, mm -hmm. people may come to get the good butt, but they stay because of relationships and community and support and empowerment. And he's agreeing. And <laughs> all of the other intangible ideas and concepts and things that we want out of life because otherwise, like, yeah, of course we can work out at home. We could do it by ourselves. Like, you don't need somebody to tell you that. But why do you go into that room? Why do you log on? Why do you open the app? It's, it's more, you know. And um, yeah. You've touched upon something that's um, just so interesting, too, which is that you, in creating a product, whatever product that is, you know, you have your manual as one example. Um, we're about to have an app as one example. It's like, you recognize that upon starting out, whether it's one or two people, that you as a bar leader, your vibe, your methodology, it works. I mean, if you're successful, it works at first because of you and what you've created. And so there is an element of training people in the, in the be me. There's an element of that. But then you have to use these products like apps or the manual um, or even classes to um, extend your influence, extend your um, like deliverables, I guess, or metrics, I should say. But also, like we've been saying, have room in them for the freedom of co-leaders. I think mm -hmm. there's a real 
beauty in the technological pivot that's happened lately because so many singular teachers that, you know, like we're doing really good and then maybe they have three teachers around them that needed a little bit more support through something like an app, you can begin to take whatever that one teacher was doing really well, train the other teachers on it. But then beyond that, it's like you got to let everyone have a little bit of freedom. So I think it's like a two-step process of mm. training folks in the BME at first, but then the real juice is how do you segue from the BME model and the rules and the, oh. you know, the quality metrics how do you segue into mm -hmm. the bu model because i mm -hmm. think i've seen a lot of companies they're either or it's either like be just like me or just do you and i think both of those can fall flat of the level of uh rig rigor that needs to be in place for a company to be, to be successful but also can fall flat of the level of creativity that humans just naturally crave Mm -hmm. I yeah I mean there always needs to be a foundation and just like yeah. in bar and in ballet like bar comes from aspects of ballet and there's a very set foundation and like gymnastics or like any kind of athletic sport there's skills that you build same with building a business you need a solid foundation with whatever you're doing to be able to build upon it and when you have those building blocks and you understand kind of how they're put together or you come to an understanding of how you want to put them together mm -hmm. you can then create your own class you can create your own mm -hmm. business you can create yeah. your own whatever if you have that understanding foundation, of yeah. foundation and where things come from I was kind of I was big on that like in my own dance career I was did ballet but I, I was a modern dancer I was really big on like where does this come from and why am I doing this I'm not just doing these moves <laughs> just to do them sometimes hello modern but they come mm -hmm. from somewhere it's a rejection of form it's a rejection of rigidity it's you know a rebellion against the line or you know so what what is that line you got to know what the form is you got to know what the line is and then you can uh break free or do new or you or whatever it is um which i find so interesting and i find that that lesson has kind of taught me even in my own business, like you got to have certain amount of funds to do X. You got to do, you got to know if you're going to build a website, you got to know how to do X, what you see before you start doing that. And, or you have to learn it or whatever. And, um, it just always, yeah, go back to that foundation and learn the skills. So then you can take those blocks, put them together and create something pretty amazing. And, yeah. um, because obviously, yeah, it works. The, D, do, the Be Me works, right? Like, we see yeah. that all around us. And, you know, the Do You, it also works. But, yeah, I think they're having the, a bridge. Like, where, what is that? That's the next thing. Having that bridge between both mm -hmm. of, and being able to go back and forth. And, like, you know, you, you know yoga and you do yoga. And it's like, right. here's this here are these poses. How are you putting them together in your own way? Like what's a lot, you know, what feels organic to you um, in this series and flow. And I, I think that can totally translate to how we run our own business, whether you're a 1099er running around town, teaching all over the place and, or you're somebody that has, you know, a team and employees and all of that. Like anyways, that's my ramble on that one. No, I got you. It's like that, that researched foundation has to come first. And going mm -hmm. back to that question that you asked of how Shawnee and I got started and how my movement journey got started, there was always a level of foundation. How I related to it was sometimes healthy or not. Um, but there's always that level of foundation. And I remember a comment that I made earlier on the, on your podcast here today about you know, clients that come to us seeking mentorship, I find that they're usually in a very creative space, which is great. They've had that aha breakthrough that um, being inspired by innovative companies will have. And also their main questions revolve around how to set that foundation. And it can be hard for us creatives to set that foundation. It feels mm -hmm. like stifling. It feels like we maybe we'll lose the creativity and the escalation of our business or the scaling of our business. 
but it's not true. It's actually like the more, the more meditation, the more ritual, the more morning time you have, the more trust you have, the more, um, you know, I hate the word, but the more abundance you can create. Yes. No, I know. It's, it's hard when some of these words like become very like trendy and you're like, Mainstream. but it's such a, it's such a good word. Yeah. Kind of like the F word. <laughs> yeah. It's just useful in so many different ways. It is. It really yeah. is. Um, no, that's a per- perfect way to say. It. And I, again, going back to that mentorship, it's, you know, when, people have asked me like, well, how did you create your manual? I'm like, let's talk. There was so Mm. much behind that. And, you know, if anyone's looking for a step-by-step process in anything, yes, you can get steps, but also let's hear what you want to do. What do you want in it? Mm -hmm. I don't know what you want to write. Tell Mm -hmm. me, tell me more. Yeah. Keep writing it. (laughs) Keep doing that. (laughs) I honestly think that's a product of, of something as, um, seemingly unrelated as diet culture. People are looking for the video that gives them a toned butt in 10 minutes. They're looking for the bar, the the bar. Yeah. They're looking for the, the diet tea. They're looking for the, the app to save them. And at Shoxymore, we're all about the mix of consistency and expression. If you stick to something consistently, just facts, you're going to get better results than if you pop around something haphazardly. Um, and then secondly, that expressiveness, if you're always going to something that has a lot of sameness in it. I know this one, <laughs> this one dance company I'm thinking of, and again, I'm really not a shade thrower, but the <laughs> teachers sound the same. They have the same voice. Robot. Anyone, anyone who's listening to the podcast will know exactly who I'm talking about. They sound the exact same every single time. So it's like have to strike that balance of the foundation and the expression or the consistency mm-hmm. um, and the exploration. And I think that really is the way of a modern bar gal or a modern bar company is to be that adaptable, to welcome in that level of depth that historically bar has really shunned, you know, mm-hmm. wear the socks and cover your belly button and it has to be $37 and it's a bunch of white girls. And that's like the, the linear expectation that has um, preceded us. But I think mm-hmm. it's really evident, especially with bar variations, continued success. I know Shoxy Bar is about to have a lot bigger of a reach. Mm-hmm. I think it's just evident that that's not going to fly anymore. And I'm so excited to be part of that movement because I feel like you and I for years have been saying this, that it was the unpopular opinion. And now yeah. it's like the no brainer. <laughs> We're like, oh yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> I love seeing my taglines get used in other marketing material. Um, um, I love yeah. a tagline, but you know, I didn't trademark, I don't know. I mean, I mean, you know, whatever. Yeah. I'm like, yes, welcome. Welcome to the other side of playing nice come and play to the, yeah. side. <laughs> to the bright side. I say, I'm like, come to the bright yeah. side. Um, but yeah, I think that it, it's definitely, I'm with you. I think um, something you said about um, the belly button, you know, conforming into these forms. I love doing a herd at the bar and I know we're kind of coming to the end and oh, we could yeah. probably talk for days and days and days about all of this stuff. But the, uh, I always do like a herd at the bar myth or something. And I want you to elaborate for your herd at the bar on the cover that belly button and what that oh, kind of brings up. <laughs> just one moment, because I will actually directly quote from our website for that. Yes, if you don't please. mind. No, not at all. <laughs> I was like, I haven't heard the cover your belly button one before. <laughs> I've heard it. I heard at the bar. Oh, no. I have heard it. Okay, just a second. I'm going to where yeah, it talks about good. our dress code. You are good. Um, um, oh, yeah. That's it. Yeah. When you're coming up with policies and you have a vision, you know, while you're pulling this up. Yeah. The th- like down to your studio policies and what you're agreeing to as a teacher, like, not wearing a certain thing, not doing a certain, like saying certain things or only saying this way, like start to question quite always, you know, whatever, like question. I mean, be curious and question why, and does that resonate with you? Or does that feel like, "Mm, no, or is it for the time being like, I'm okay with it right now Mm -hmm. while I wait for this other opportunity or whatever it is. I think it's, 
good to be curious and it's good to kind of question all the time and not in a doubtful way, but I think in a self-reflective growth way. Absolutely. I mean, there's been studies done, school studies about how classrooms will not excel the same way if all the students are like the same culture, have the same learning levels. It just gives complete evidence that we need to be surrounded by an eclectic team that's students and teachers included. It's really the only way to evolve. Um, here's the here's the quote I put. So the question is, is there a dress code? And it says, LOL, no way in heck there's a dress code here. <laughs> we only ask that you leave your shoes very neatly in the shelves. This is because we also have a physical location. P.S. We once read on a very big and admirable bar company's website that covering your belly button will, quote, get you faster results. Well, it's true. Dressing comfortably can allow you to move more flexibly and keep you in a confident mindset. There's no statistical proof that hidden navels and kneecaps make you isometrically superior. <laughs> Basically, free the nipple. That's what it says on our website. <laughs> Basically, free the nipple. I love yeah, it. Yeah, you know, because what you want to do in, in, in creating a different bar environment you want to honor what has worked I mean obviously they created that for a reason they thought it would help people be more comfortable it help onlookers be more comfortable and I get that um, but I just think it's a very it's a very dated or a very short-term boundary hmm. it's like there's going to be that girl one day that's sweating that's used to not taking her shirt up or used to not wearing shorts and she's going to want to tie her shirt up and then her belly button is going to show. And I have heard stories where students have been kicked out of class for that exact reason. <laughs> not ours, <laughs> not yours. <laughs> like what in the actual hell is this all about? So, you know, yeah, I and it's just, a yeah. totally, and I think it's okay to be like, Hey, I want everyone to wear a shirt right? Like it's okay to like set certain rules, but then question like, who are you talking to? Right. Who yeah. are the clientele that's coming in? You know, where are they living? What age are they? What town are you in? What is going on in the world around you? Mm -hmm. And, and understand what putting that out there is going to do. Mm -hmm. Right. And then if you're full on free the nipple, like, hey, New York City, we can be topless ladies outside and not get <laughs> a damn ticket. So <laughs> have at it. I mean, I've been nursing all around town these days. Yes, well, not all around, it. mostly my neighborhood. But I'm like, <laughs> you know what? If I flash someone, no one can do anything. Like, this is so fun. So um, and also, whatever, hilarious. Um, it's mostly because I'm a mess. But uh <laughs> But yeah, I mean, even the way you're quoting and the way you're putting in the way, the language you're using on your website is in exactly invoking the vibe and the mission and the way you speak and want everyone to feel when they come into the room. And there's, I mean, yeah, you did also quite, yeah, get curious. Well, why, why would I need to cover up my belly button? Is it a modesty thing? Is it because we have windows that go out into, you know, the parking lot or whatever, mm -hmm. or is it because we really believe that this is going to make your abs flatter, mm -hmm. you know, like it, yeah. it just brings up so much and anything that we say, it's like, what, it, you know, where is this coming from? Why, What's why are why? we saying this? What's the why? What is the why? Yeah. And also just real quick, cause I know we're wrapping yeah. up, but on, on the PhD note, on yes. the PhD there's there's actual research done on the fact that when a person is not in alignment with what they truly believe what they truly believe about themselves that they experience a level of anxiety and so if you have a woman who is working on celebrating her body who may have an ill-fitting shirt or something like that and her belly button just happens to show and yet your policy very strictly says that it cannot you mm. have now so subtly put her in a state of stress and we all know that cognitive dissonance says you can't focus on two things at once you cannot focus on the purposefully designed stress of a bar workout and the stress that you're feeling because you're not mm -hmm. following the rules oh. you don't 
support in that moment for your highest good. So part of my research is even looking at the effects on the moves and the muscles themselves in that state where the fitness branding is so different from what a beautiful and uh, adaptable and layered woman is experiencing that you now put something really harsh upon her she's now stressed out in your class and she's actually not getting the same results other people are getting so there's this Mm -hmm. like undertone this oppressive undertone Mm. that i'm looking at that can actually lead back to the argument of getting great results so it's kind of an ironic twist of events because we've been talking most of most of this podcast about not being results oriented but Mm -hmm. i'm really interested in the science behind that and how Mm -hmm. messaging can either um uplift or diminish a person's results based on their anxiety in the moment yeah i know firsthand you tell me not to well in college you're told don't you know look at the apple don't eat the apple and i was like oh apple i'm sorry i'm looking at the pizza and i'm putting the pizza in my face (laughs) like (laughs) yeah you know yeah, I'm. I can't wait till I hear more what you find, and Thank I want you. you to keep us all. Hopefully, we'll all be attuned to your journey of your findings because it's about yeah, I, the, we're multifaceted people, and it'll be really interesting to see the results of the results-based journey and right. what triggers and untriggers that. And um, the last thing I'll ask you um, is my fun question, the what's in your bar, your B-A-R, whether it's a coffee bar, a snack bar, a oh. drink bar. Okay. That's my fun last question. In my bar, there's a lot of lukewarm water. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of kombucha. And there um, there's a lot of decaf coffee alternatives, such as well, actually roasted yerba mate is not decaf, but it's freaking awesome. I really like this decaf coffee option called Rasa, R-A-S-A. It's okay. delicious. You can get it in various levels of decaf and non-decaf. And the metaphysical reason behind that is I'm really keenly interested in being self-generative with my energy and trying to really figure out when I'm doing a bar class, for example, um, how much of the moves, how much of the pace can I do based on my own natural energy reserves Mm. quite an earthy (laughs) earthy (laughs) aspiration that's what's in my bar Um, I don't actually drink it's just a personal choice I feel like everyone listening that now knows I'm a double Aquarius and Scorpio rising would just be horrified if I ever (laughs) even touched a drink (laughs) which I I, I actually have never been drunk because um, people just think naturally that's how I am hey listen I that's (laughs) I no I'm all about it I'm I'm not a big drinker I'm like the occasional like right now it's like it was like one in a year you know I've definitely changed my relationship with alcohol and and that's why the what's in your bar is turned into snack, coffee, tea, mm. and lukewarm mm. water. We'll add that yeah. one to the bar. <laughs> yeah. The snacks, I'm obsessed with this um, popcorn from Hawaii. It's a spirulina popcorn with nutritional yeast. And I know that sounds so gross, but. No, nutritional that? yeast. Like sprinkle that-ish all on the over bar. the place. Yeah. On the bar. Like, sprinkle yeah, it, on lick the it, get <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> that's a different bar class so so much (laughs) can you tell everybody where we can find and follow you on all things shakti and if you have anything for yourself as well oh absolutely thank you so you can find shakti bar essentially on our website shaktibar.com and on instagram at shakti bar which you can also find many of our teachers. We currently have 22 wonderful teachers. Yay. And you can find me if you have questions about starting up your company or if you're just interested in perhaps having me come and speak somewhere at, on LinkedIn. Just easy. Just LinkedIn. Yeah. Corinne Weiner. <laughs> Yay. In my, in my uh, super serious picture glory. <laughs> that is LinkedIn. <laughs> oh yeah, my LinkedIn. Oh God, LinkedIn. That's a whole nother love of LinkedIn. But <laughs> well, we will you find again. you. We will follow you. And thank you, Karen.
Thank you everybody for tuning in. If you'd like to write into the podcast, send an email to info at barvariations.com. You can follow us all over social media at Bar Variations. You can also visit the website at www.barvariations.com where you will find show notes, archive episodes, and more. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Barvariations.com where you will find show notes, archive episodes, and more. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts.